Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood. One moment in time can change the course of our whole lives, and that's exactly what happened to today's guest. Today we're joined by Haiti Weeb, and back in July of 1999, she was involved in an incident that definitely changed her life. But it was also during this time that God's presence and His blessing helped to keep Haiti's spirit alert and vibrant. We're going to hear about that. She's now taken that experience and put it into a book called There's a Place Deep Inside Called Courage. She'll share more about her book and about her story today on Connections. We're joined today by Haiti Weeb. She's an author and a speaker. But back in July of 1999, her life changed forever. We're going to hear about that story coming up in a few minutes. But first, we want to know who Haiti Weeb is. Tell us a little bit about yourself and about your family. Ah, uh, well, I was born in 1949. You do the math on a farm in Manitoba. <laughs> Lived in Winnipeg for a long time. Was married to my husband in 1972. We have two adult children. Married with uh, grandchildren. And we now... Uh, live in Rosenort, Manitoba. We uh, ran away after my husband retired from uh, his job in Winnipeg, and we moved out here. The country, it's always a great feel, isn't it? Yes, I look outside now and I'm going, ah, my heart sighs. What can I say? (laughs) So in the summer of 1999, something um, absolutely traumatic happened that... it changed your life basically forever. Can you tell us a little bit about what happened back in the summer of 1999? Yes. Uh, July 31st, 1999, my life absolutely stopped like I knew it. A friend of mine and I were going out to Gimli to um, take something down at her trailer, and someone did not stop at the uh, stop sign. Uh, on the highway, and uh, we were, we hit her and went flying. And in that moment, um, my life literally stopped as I knew it. My mind and my body were broken. But what happened was, now when I look back and have written about it, my spirit was and never has been as alive as it was during that time. They fought for my life for about 72 hours. And um, uh, that is what I really wanted to write about, is what happened during that time. And eventually, God gave me the words to do so. Obviously, your faith was uh, a huge reason you were able to make it through all of this, because you dealt with uh, injuries that you had to recover from that took a very long time to recover from. Yes. And, you know... Faith, when you are in that position, many people uh, have trauma hit them and their life stops as they know it. Uh, For me, I was literally catapulted into uh, the presence of God in such a way that I needed to know aspects of his character in order to survive. And that's what happened. My faith I wasn't even conscious at the time that I had faith. I simply knew that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three in one, are, he is real like that. That's how I lived for a long time, being aware of him like that. 
I had the opportunity to read through a little bit of your book. I didn't get a chance to to read it all, um, but I noticed mm-hmm. in uh, most of it, in all of your experience, God is there at at God is there throughout it all in the most random of situations. Tell us a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, um, I think what the, the the words that come to mind and someone has said is that the Holy Spirit is peppered throughout the entire book, and yes. For I write about it in the book, and, and, and one thing that someone may be able to relate to is that when your mind and your body are broken, and the only thing that really is alive is your spirit, when God speaks, and that was one of the supernatural things that I recall vividly to this day, is when the breath of God hit my left ear, and he literally spoke the words I heard and recall, Haiti, I will keep you. At that time, I hadn't a clue what that meant. I was present, not really present in the n- natural sense. But um, there are so many supernatural occurrences throughout my life subsequent to that. Uh, that's why when I knew I had a title for the book that God gave me in the first place, I would never have written the book had he not done that. Uh, But when you hear him speak, uh, we listen. And when he said there is a place deep inside called courage, uh, I went, ah, yeah, I know. And I happened to be sitting in a really smelly taxi cab that day going back and forth to the health science center, to the rehab there. And um, I was not impressed that I was there. I was done. But when he spoke those words, there's a place deep inside called courage. I said, I know. I visit there all the time. And then he spoke out loud again and said, and someday it will be a book. Now, you have to know, at that time, um, my words did not flow as they do now. My answer was, well, then, Jesus, you better fix me. Oh, <laughs> how was this ever going to be how serious and, were were your injuries uh they were they were multiple um i could go on and list them all but you know that's people can read the book to find all that out for me i get kind of bored with it after a <laughs> while but um people who experience trauma there are places that break in them it's a place of devastation because your life stops, whether it's broken ankles like with me, you know, ribs and and, and uh, shoulder ripping, closed head injury, you know, trauma to the gut. Uh, highway traffic it, uh, is multiple injuries when you hit like that at 100 kilometers an hour. Um, but many people have life, things in their life that hit them like that in different ways. And your life stops then as you know it. But then you have the opportunity to move into that place of um, rehabilitation after that. So you eventually and now obviously have published this book. How did that get started? How did you go from God giving you those words to creating this book? 
well, I was not anxious to become a published author ever. I was more than a reluctant writer. Uh, but when I knew I was to sit down, because often God just speaks, it's either a word or two, and then I knew I needed to sit down. And the day I heard put pen to paper, I simply sat down and waited for him to reveal things to me that I began to write. And I believe, I, I call it uh, brain spillage or blurbs and spurts that were in absolutely no chronological order. And it was handwritten uh, so that when it eventually came to uh, Word Alive Press, who published the book, um, it was in handwritten form. And uh, the publisher, Jen, uh, Jan Davs Hedlin, read this um, schmatoff of <laughs> handwriting stuff. And knew it had value, but I continued to work and eventually had somebody type it all up. My first editor, her name was Burl Henny. She put it in chronological order because my, my mind, there are things uh, from head injuries. I don't do well in sequential order. I have to think really hard and I would have shoved it in a drawer and left it there. And I did many times. And you talk about supernatural intervention. I asked the Lord one day, do I really have to finish this? And guess what he said? I will love you no less if you don't. And I sighed, closed it all up and shoved it in my drawer and pushed it shut with my foot and said, thank you. Wow. Years later, wow. for about two or three years, that's where it sat. And then I realized I needed to get going on it again. So I began again. And um, my friend has a home in Texas where I was able to go. My hubby is a wonderful provider, made those kinds of things happen where I can write uninterrupted. And uh, I don't know about other writers, but I am certainly not a prolific one. I have become a better writer, but uh, I can be distracted by a fly crawling on the wall. So... <laughs> I needed focused attention. And um, eventually, I uh, got it into a place where um, I had been encouraged to submit to uh, the uh, 2019 uh, Free Publishing Award uh, for Manitoba, for, for Canada, actually through uh, Word Alive Press. And... Um, I finally had the courage to submit and press send, and I thought I was done. But I you, I was done. but you weren't done. No, you ended up winning that. I did. That was a humbling experience, as the mercy of God fell on me that day when I got the call that I had won. I'm not usually at a lack of words, as my friends know, but that one silenced me because it was only because of God's mercy, and he said it would be a book. So I knew I simply had honored him, finished what he gave me to do, and I would follow his lead, and that's what I do now, too. And it was published, yes. I think 
um, those who read the book at Word Alive, when they make a decision, were moved by God supernaturally to find favor in the writing. And it was only through them and their publishing award that um, I had the courage to continue and make it into what God uh, led me to make it into through with help of lots of people like he brought them from the north southeast and the west so to speak Mm -hmm. what what has the response been like from obviously you won that um that publishing contest but from people who have had the opportunity out in the community to read this book what's the response been like yeah uh varied uh it has um someone said um, I can sense the Holy Spirit all over these pages. That was very humbling to hear. I've also heard, uh, how did you hang on? And um, it is the courage of God. God doesn't just, he doesn't have a deck of cards where he dishes out courage or, or love or perseverance. He gave me courage. He gave me himself in courage. And when uh, people who have read the book, um, some of them have said to me, Haiti, I laughed and cried throughout the book, and I will never be the same. Um, Others have said, um, I wish I had read this book when trauma hit me in the face. And uh, I'm my hope is that when those who are in need of knowing the presence of God and having then the courage to let God love them completely, because that takes courage. When you let God love you completely, then you begin to be able to completely love him back, love yourself, And you have the ability then to love others as well. And um, I think it's also important. Somebody said to me, after I read your book, I felt like I was in a place of being restored. And that, there's a, there's a statement in my heart that says it is important to let God restore you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Many of us have to work really hard and we get very tired of working really hard. We become exhausted and we quit. For me, there's that, oh, but then God, because the supernatural presence of God surpasses anything we have here on earth ever and he's obviously done that in your life because despite this tragedy this trauma that you experienced you're now using what you've done to be able to help others yes and it's it's kind of by fluke i mean i really never Who wants to recall and write everything that was just so awful? Like, I really never intended that. I thought 
I would write it all down and and then just go to Staples or something and run it off and put it in a three-ring binder and give it to my kids and say, here, this is how it really was. And um, that's really what I had wanted. But God has shown me that there's something else. He wanted it in a book. And I follow that lead. I don't sort of rush into or say, oh, here's me, here's me, I'll do this, I'll do that. It's not like that for me at all. It's um, people who read this book. My, my prayer is that they will find that Jesus really is enough. When you ask Jesus, are you really, really enough in my life? Or sit still long enough, often enough, and for a long period of time, which I was literally forced into, when he asks me the question, Haiti, am I, just me, am I not enough for you? Just me? I had to really battle that one through, and I sensed that there are a lot of other people that when you stay quiet long enough and Jesus asks that question, we can come out the other end and make a decision and say, yes, I do believe that you are. And then the power of God moves. There's joy, there's restoration. It's not an event, it's a lifelong process, but it can happen. One of the things I love about you and I love about your book is your personality. (laughs) I kind of love me too. (laughs) I've learned to love myself. (laughs) Whether or not others do, I I mean, I care what people think kind of, sort of, but not really. (laughs) Because I've learned to enjoy who God has made. And at my age, um, you know... I, I, I think I got tired of whacking at all the rough edges. <laughs> you're you're so full of joy and your yeah. your humor in the midst of something so <laughs> horrible is right. it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I'm grateful. I yeah. I am really grateful that I that I have been given this sense of humor. Absolutely. I think the <laughs> Our kids are in our family. I think the word is, we call it, we would have gone cucaracha, like, you know, just nuts. <laughs> because so many times with a closed head injury, it can be very frustrating, but it can also be extremely funny because the words that come out are often very odd sounding. And uh, one of the humorous things, or I, I learned to let it become humorous was, when I spoke a sentence or said something in reply to someone and their eyes glazed over or they kind of looked around hoping that someone would help me, um, I knew then that I had said something that made absolutely no sense. Uh, for example, uh, I was, I don't even remember where it was, I was somewhere and someone asked me a question about a cup of coffee and I said, no, it's under the table. I mean, I had no clue that that's what I had said. 
but they had asked me whether I wanted a cup of coffee. And that was my answer. So that when you have close head injury, people who suffer from this will go, yeah, I get that. And uh, over the years, I've learned to pause, monitor, think. Um, it used to be like looking at a wall where I knew I knew words and there were many words to choose from. But for many years, I looked at that wall and there were no words on it that I could draw from. That was scary. How did that affect the writing process for you? Well, that was where brain spillage came in, <laughs> bits and bits. Um, I What I did was I trained myself when I was still in my hospital bed at home. I, tr- I realized I did not have sequential order. I used to teach school. So when I realized that, I thought I have to learn to remember. I used to uh, write a phone number down. It took weeks for me to actually be able to look at the number, write the number, look at the number, write the number back and forth. And uh, eventually, um, I began to learn it was okay to pause long enough to search for a word. And uh, when I began to write, I learned that when God was moving in my heart, then I had something to say. Otherwise, it didn't come. So I didn't write. So basically, that's how I wrote. I wrote when I sensed the Lord was helping me remember something, and he was giving me the words to write it down. That's when I knew I needed to listen, obey, and just in blind faith trust that something was coming out that mattered. Mm-hmm. Now, these 21 years later, after your... Um traumatic injury uh have you yeah. fully recovered are you still dealing with any of the pain that came along with that <laughs> well the only answer i can give is um there's parts of me that work really well and there's parts that don't and um i do pain pain at some level is um something that really has never left completely I've done a lot of various forms of physio and and on and on, the things that come in recovery and in rehabilitation. Um, But um, no, there's something that I've learned that there can be peace, deep joy, hope, right alongside awful pain, physical pain. And for me, the process to learning how to live with discomfort or physical pain is I learned to um, relinquish what I felt for a long time was my right to be completely well. And um, I know that I know, and I know someone out there needs to hear this, that the love of God the love of the move of the Holy Spirit upon our lives 
doesn't change whether we are well or whether we are ill. His love is complete, no matter what. For those who want to learn more about your book or want to learn more Hmm. about you, how can they do that? All right. I have an email that they can email. It is Heidi Weeb. That's H-E-D-Y-W-I-E-B-E, number one, at gmail.com. They can connect with me that way, or they can connect with the uh, uh, publisher at wordaliverepress.ca, and they will then contact me uh, via phone and so on. I am also on Facebook. They can find me there. Um uh, that's at Heidi Weeb, H-E-D-Y-W-I-E-B-E. And um, they can message me that way if they want to get in touch with me. The books are, I have some here at home, so sometimes people come here. But Or at the bookstore with Word Alive. They're also online at, uh, I believe it's at Chapters and uh, Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, at McNally's. Um, and, and uh, they're also in ebooks where you can find, you know, all the information on that there. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining us today, Haiti. Remember, if you want to listen to the full conversation, you have two opportunities, once in the morning, once in the evening. You can also find the podcast version of this interview at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast. But don't forget to, to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.